0: Everybody, this is Dave DeBoe with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today we're coming to you with a very special guest, and that is Rachel Oliver. And Rachel is known as the Cash Flow Queen. I love that title. And she's got a very good reason for that. And that is because she and her husband focus on doing rent-to-own deals in Ontario and they definitely know their stuff. In fact, almost 350 rent-owned deals. Rachel, you don't look old enough to have done that many deals so quickly, my goodness. So you must definitely have a machine going. She's not just a real estate entrepreneur, she's a wife, she's a mother, she's got kids running around, she's dealing with all of this stuff. So yeah, Rachel, it's great to have you on the call.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dave, it's a pleasure.
0: All right. Well, let's jump in. First things first, how did you get involved in this whole crazy world of real estate investing in the first place?
1: Well, I think like most people, there's a trigger. When I had my first child, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And at the time I was working in the corporate world and I was climbing the corporate ladder as a matter of fact, and juggling, you know, being a first time mom, being on math leave and all these things basically just made me realize that I need to kind of pause and take a step back and really evaluate how was I spending my time. And I was dedicating so much of my time to the corporate world that I really needed to create a space where I can spend more time with the people I love, my family, and take more of a concerted effort at self-care because once I got through the cancer and all the treatments, I really needed to put my health first because without my health, it's kind of the whole saying of when the oxygen mask drops, who do you put it on first to make sure that your loved ones can survive? So it was kind of that kind of an aha moment. And I realized that I'm not going to be able to replace my income just You know, investing in mutual funds for the rest of my life or, you know, parking my money in TFSAs and RSPs. I needed to have something a little bit more substantial, a little bit more predictable kind of cash flow to replace my job income. And I figured that the real estate market is going to be able to do that for me. But, you know, the real estate market is very broad, there's a lot of different strategies to it. So it took a little bit of figuring out, but that's really what prompted it.
0: Very, very cool. Yeah. So, it's interesting. I was just talking with another guest the other day and it was a near death experience for him that, that really created that clarity as well. So it's a shame that sometimes some of us have to have that sort of an experience, but you know, again, that's the silver lining to things, right? So that got you started. So, okay. So you kind of clued in that real estate was the way to go. How did you go from that epiphany to getting into rent to real estate investing? How did that process happen in a nutshell?
1: It wasn't an easy process and it wasn't a quick process. I wish it was. You know, I had to obviously go through kind of getting healthy first and and getting kind of back into the workforce and, and kind of creating some stability. And when I felt a little bit more balanced in my life, I started being more comfortable at processing the different information that was on the market. One of the defining moments was when one of those US-based companies came to town and said, hey, come on in for a a free weekend and we will sell the crap out of things, but you're going to sit there for free and listen to it. What I got out of that weekend, there then a very quick introduction to how cold and callous and pitch oriented this market can be is I actually kind of cut through all of that crap and I listened very clearly to what are what are the different ways that people are creating cash flow. And the strategy that stood out above all else was lease options. I think the US guys called it lease options. In Canada here I think we refer to it as rent to own. And that really resonated with me. I love the aspect of creating some significant cash flow for me and my family, but at the same point, doing something valuable for another family and helping them overcome their barriers to homeownership and helping them actually become homeowners against all odds in many cases. So that was really kind of the defining moment. And then of course, I started looking around what's happening in the real estate market here in Ontario, who's doing rent-owns, how are they working, who's succeeding. And I was not very impressed with what I found out, but that's really how it started.
0: All right, very cool. So roughly, when was it that you jumped in with both feet and got started with rent-to-own?
1: When I realized that I can't find anybody in the Ontario market to do rent-to-owns the way I felt they needed to be done. Everyone was kind of saying, yeah, the rent-to-own strategy is great, really cash flow positive. It can make a lot of money, especially when the tenants don't exercise the option to purchase and walk away. And I'm like, I wouldn't be doing it for that. I really wanted to help families. And everybody was saying there's a, a 50-50 chance, there's a 50-50 success rate, but you make a you know, profitably regardless. And I kind of thought, well, I want to make a profitably, not at the expense of someone failing, but at the joy of of them succeeding. And nobody was doing rent owns that way. So I finally realized, you know what, if I can't find somebody to do it the way I feel it should be done, let me do it myself. So luckily I work with a with my husband very closely and he brings to the table very different perspectives than I do. He's a numbers guy. And we kind of looked at the numbers and we looked to see very closely where were the gaps in how rent were being executed in Ontario. And we thought, well, if we just fill in those gaps, if we just make this model a little bit more homebuyer-centric and less about the investor, we as the investors will naturally get our rewards out of it. And that's exactly what we ventured out to do. So we did a quick refinance of our personal residence, pulled out some capital and decided we'll help four families. And that was enough of a, a validation for me that this model could work. And I thought, well, I can now adopt this model to start figuring out how to replace my job income. And that's kind of how it all got started.
0: All right. So Rachel, I'm really, really curious, if you don't mind walking us through for the folks that aren't super familiar with rent own. let's look at two scenarios if you would the first scenario is the way the other guys are doing it how does that typically look how does that you know what is that model and and where were the gaps that you saw in there and then the second way would be how do you guys do it and what are the differences and and what what kind of effect does that have on the end outcome can we do that so
1: what we were noticing is that a lot of of energy from the investor side was being put towards adding appreciation on that property and almost inflating the appreciation to the point of unrealism. So in a rent-to-own, you obviously buy the property today, for example, at you know $500,000. And in three years from now, those homebuyers that are renting to own it from you are going to be buying it at an appreciated purchase price. Well, a lot of the other guys were appreciating the property at 8 nine, ten 9%, 10% per year, which made the future buy extremely high. And when those homebuyers would go to their bank to try to exercise the option to purchase, the bank would Do their own appraisal and they can say, well, the the purchase price on this property should be $550 and your seller is charging you $580. And those buyers wouldn't have enough to to make up the difference with their own funds. That was one issue. The other issue is that they were not helping and structuring a process where these home buyers could build up a bigger down payment in order to qualify for a mortgage at the end of the rent-to-own process. So helping them build up a bigger down payment is the whole point of helping someone through, through this. And they were basically leaving it up to the home buyers to figure it out on their own. They would basically say you know you come in with 3%, that's enough for me pay down my mortgage buy this property at 580,000 and come up with your own down payment funds and your own closing costs. Well, of course these home buyers are in the situation because they don't know how to manage their money to save up a bigger down payment, because they don't know how to figure things out in terms of closing costs. So we realize that they're going to need a more equitable future purchase price why price properties at eight, nine, 10%, which is basically, you know, kind of like a hope and a prayer. We decided, you know, we're going to go with a three and a half to four and a half percentage in annualized appreciation. And also, simultaneously, we realize we need to help these home buyers really, really work on their mortgage readiness. They need to be accountable to somebody, kind of like going to the gym. I always equate it to that. When you go to the gym and there's a trainer there waiting for you and telling you what to do, when to show up, you're going to feel obligated to do what the trainer does, even if you don't want to. Technically, you're doing it for yourself, but you almost don't want to let the other guy down. Right. Rent home works exactly the same. That's what we tapped into. We tell the home buyers how much of a down payment they're going to accumulate through our process and how much they need to pay each month. We verify that they have the affordability to do so, and we keep them accountable for the full 36-month term. And when they know we're checking up on them, well, guess what happens? Magic. And at the end of the rent to own process, they are also buying a property that is on par with what the banks value it at. And they have a 10% down payment credit and they've done work to repair their credit and essentially qualify for first time home buyer mortgage and they take ownership of the property and you know we sleep very soundly at night because of this. So those were the two main differences. I could go on. I could do an entire hour on this training, but those were the two main differences that we changed and it's worked yeah. out for the better. We have a 90% success rate.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's impressive. Yeah, I've I've got a little bit of experience with rent home myself, Rachel, and that that was what one of my pet peeves as well What what I call the the churn and burn guys. So they just get anybody with a pulse who can pay the rent into the property, hopefully a big non-refundable option fee up front. And then they're really hoping that the people would fail so that they keep their money and get somebody else in there and do the same thing over and over again. Gives everybody a bad name, that's for sure. So yeah, so in a nutshell, what you're doing is you're pricing the property fairly into the future at a realistic appreciation rate. You're making sure that your tenant buyer has some capital getting into the deal, chances are you're probably helping them paying that down payment and installments with with additional funds and on top of what they're paying for rent, which automatically goes into some sort of an account that builds up over the time. And during the whole time, you're babysitting them, you're, you're holding them accountable and you're making sure that they follow the process so that they can close on that deal at the end of the term. So I got it. Absolutely. Clear. I
1: like how you put it. The the baby <laughs> the babysitting is exactly what we're doing. I mean, we've systemized it and we, you know, it has a bit of a professional polish to it now that I, I think about it over the years, but it's true. In that sense, we're babysitting them. But these people need it. This is, I think, the yeah. essence of the rent to own strategy that you don't go into this and kind of think there's a fallacy about it that it's a set it and forget it because everybody's looking for a passive solution with real estate right everyone wants things just to go tickety-boo without you putting any effort into it and that's not the case rent-to-owns are really designed to help a home buyer overcome a certain challenge or a certain habitual behavior and it doesn't come from a set it and forget it so the reality is most investors they want to profit with rent-to-owns but they don't want to do the babysitting part. And that's where we come in. And that's a problem that we solve in this market.
0: Yeah, it's a huge part. That was was a big headache when I was doing the business was keeping on top of that, making sure you've got it dialed in, making sure that you're consistent about it. So yeah, that is huge. So for people who aren't familiar with rent to own, as the active investor partner, how do you profit from a deal? Why don't you just kind of paint that picture? What does that look like?
1: So as the investor, what you're essentially benefiting from, it's kind of like a, I guess, a very equitable solution to try to help home buyers build up a bigger down payment because the more of a monthly down payment credit they give me. The higher my cash flow is over the course of the rent to own and the higher their down payment accumulation is so it's really win-win it's benefiting them because it's kind of like a forced savings that's pretty substantial you know the average canadian is not going to be able to put aside 600 or 700 dollars a month we have some tenant buyers that can afford to put aside $800 a month, but they won't do it on their own unless we're babysitting them, unless we put a structured program around it. And they are in our rent own process. But because they're putting in six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800 a month in a down payment credit each month, that actually adds to my cash flow. So a lot of people say to me, well, why are rent owns so cash flow rich? You must be ripping people off. And I think that notion comes from some of the legacy stuff that you were talking about with the other kind of mentality, but in our, in our model, the cash flow comes from actually helping home buyers accumulate a bigger down payment credit. And the other benefit is that there's a capital gain component with rent to own. So at the end of the process, obviously, in addition to the monthly cash flow, we sell the property at an appreciated price point and there's been mortgage pay down. There's no maintenance and repairs. And, you know, I have a great capital gain when you combine that capital gain and the cash flow. I kind of look at it as my return on investment annually. And it's phenomenal in that my return on investment generally is about 25%. So every dollar I invest is I'm generating about 25 cents on that dollar. Maybe 12 cents of that is coming through the cash flow profits. And the other you know 13 cents is coming to me from the capital gains. So that's kind of how I like to look at the profits.
0: Makes sense. So Rachel, it can't all be sunshine and flowers 24-7 with Rent Don't. What are some of the the drawbacks? We see the big positives. The big positives: amazing cash flow compared to that same house as a normal rental. We see uh, big positives as having a lot less to do with property management because that responsibility is put on your tenant buyers' plate, right? They're homeowners in training, as I used to call them. There's all sorts of benefits to this. It's fairly short-term deals. You're in and out in about three years, if I understood correctly. All of that sounds great. What are some of the pitfalls?
1: So some of the pitfalls, I mean, we've ironed out a lot of pitfalls over the years, but the biggest hurdles are things that we can't really control when we're dealing with a husband and wife dynamic or, you know, spouses, you know, sometimes they get separated or divorced. And that's not necessarily the fault of the rent-to-own, of course. That is more a, a just, you know, that could be life. Where I noticed that being more of an issue, actually, is when we were back way back when, we started doing uh, rent-to-own, refi, rescue type of deals. So, for example, somebody owns a house, they have a first, a second, a third, and, you know... <laughs> the list goes on. They have multiple mortgages on it and they can't make ends meet. They're about to go and, you know, they're basically about to lose their house to the bank. And I think underneath all of that, there's a lot of strain. There's a lot of, you know, marital stuff that you know, finances rip people's relationships apart. And I think that's really what was happening underneath. And we were coming in with a good heart to try to save those deals. And we would put together the proper rent-to-own structure. And then about six, seven months in, we find out that he moved out or she moved out. And the the one that stays in the matrimonial home doesn't have the income to support the monthly payments to make it work or to qualify for financing and exercise their option to purchase at that time or further out in the future. So they're stuck. They're stuck basically having... To default in an abandoned ship. That is probably the saddest experience we've ever had. And we very quickly tuned into the fact that we are not refi rescue type of people. We prefer to work with home buyers that have gone to the bank, this is their first purchase, or maybe they're blended family after both parties have gone through some nasty divorce, they have blemishes on their credit, the bank turns them away because 5% is not enough, and they come to our program, they want to rent to own through us. Well, they're starting fresh. They're coming in with optimism, and things can only go up from there. Those are our ideal homebuyers in a rent-to-own process, and we've seen much greater success. So everyone who makes it to the end of our program really does qualify. So it's a 100% success rate, but there could be the odd divorce, separation, or even a job loss. Sometimes a job loss can frighten people off. And even though we'll work with them and we'll go to an extension or we'll reduce the monthly payments for short term, they sometimes don't have the confidence in their ability to succeed and they walk away. That's the disheartening part. That's probably the saddest part of all of this, that you try to help and you do your best, but you, you lead people to water and they don't drink. That's, you know, you can't save everybody. You
0: can't can't bat a thousand all the time. And and a mentor of mine early on said something that always sticks. And and sometimes you just can't fix stupid either, unfortunately. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it really That's a very good point. Cracks, but definitely. Awesome, Rachel. Yeah, so hats off to you. Just out of curiosity, you've done almost 350 rent home deals. How many do you typically have on the go at any one time?
1: Well, we generally have, so active rent-to-own deals, like right now, I think the number is about 65, 68, but of course it ebbs and flows because some deals are two years, sometimes they're three years, and sometimes they're four years, and then we're constantly getting new deals coming in. So, you know, we're constantly juggling people, new people coming in, managing the existing deals and turning over the deals that are completing. So it's a little bit of a... (laughs) A daisy chain of events, but uh, we're, we're screening, I would say, on average, maybe about, you know, 25 to 30 people a week.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Rachel, time flies when we're having fun, and I could literally sit here and chat with you for hours because I'm a old rent-to-own guy myself, so it's always fun to talk about this stuff. Before we started filming, I noticed you've got a book. Do you happen to have that handy? So you can show everybody, I uh,
1: sure do. Yeah, there we go. So the Rent-to-Own Essential Guide for Homebuyers, my husband and I co-authored this because there were just so many people not understanding how a legitimate rent-to-own is put together. And we just couldn't keep answering all these questions on phone calls and emails. So we decided we'll put together Canada's first and only resource that anyone can access on Amazon.ca.
0: Excellent. And if people want to find out more about you, Rachel, and what you're up to with Rent-to-Own and maybe even get a copy of the book, what should they do?
1: So they can email me, Rachel, at hellocashflow.ca, or they can visit us at hellocashflow.ca. I have a video up there where I explain the ins and outs of how the rent-to-own strategy works and how one investor actually created nearly $60,000 a year in annual income by helping seven homebuyers rent-to-own through our program. And they can also request the electronic version of our book. I'm happy to share it for free to spread the wealth of knowledge.
0: Awesome, Rachel. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun and hats off to you for what you and your husband are doing with your at-to-home business.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate
0: that. All right, everybody. Take care and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review be very very much appreciated and if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations and you can check that out at investorattractiondemo.com take care